everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Risk Cheese Radio Podcast, your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. My name is Schmidt, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, my co-host. You guys know him, you love him, Mr. Brodinky. Bro, what's up, my friend? Uh, Schmidt, I had a bit of a day, but I'm glad it's oh. over. Yeah, work stuff, you know, life things, but it's behind me, and I'm here. Okay. Recording yet another episode of the Risk Cheese Radio podcast. Milestone alert coming up next week. I guess with this episode, we will be breaking the 50,000 download mark. Yes, 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 yes. We're Good very close. Us. Very close. Yeah. So very close. I'm sure all of you are tired of hearing about it, but for us, it's pretty exciting stuff. So sorry. And thank you guys for listening. Getting us to 50,000 <laughs> downloads. That's also amazing. Also true. Also true. Uh, aside from that, uh, it's been a busy week. I uh, ventured out into the city the other night. I hit up the wrist check pod meetup. That was cool. Okay. Yeah. What's uh what's the debrief uh, from the, uh, the event there? It was pretty cool. It was at Sotheby's. And for those that don't know, Sotheby's handles big time authentication and auctioning and basically anything you want to get your hands on. That's really expensive. They can probably get it. And you know, they've got okay. they've got the, these cool. Uh, first of all, they have all this cool stuff displayed. Right. And it's all okay. super authenticated. And like some of it is like sports memorabilia. All different things. Some of it's art. So not just watches. No, no. There was like handbags. There was bottles of booze, like anything you could think of that was a like collectible they had in like glass enclosures like there was game worn jerseys from Kobe and stuff like that. And they, they oh, had wow. pictures next to it where it, it like highlighted the imperfections on the Jersey, like where it was frayed and stuff. And then it would, it captured him wearing it and like had that stuff circled. And then it pointed to it on the Jersey. So you could see wow. it was like really the, you know, the real deal. Yeah. So that's that, cool. they, had, they had like some LeBron shoes that were signed, Serena Williams stuff, Federer, um, a lot of, a lot of cool sports stuff. Wayne Gretzky's a stick from his last game that was signed. That was pretty. Oh, neat. that's cool. For that hockey would be folks really cool. out there. Yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, he is a god of hockey. Right? Yeah, so. they had a whole a whole hall to to MJ, which is pretty cool too. It had like his banners, like his scoring titles and stuff. And they had a you know a jersey worn a game, and they had like quotes on the wall, like illuminated. It's really really cool. And of course, the room is hardwood floor. Really like a one, like they really did it so good. And of course so, it was. I mean, come on. I probably spent at least twenty minutes just walking around there and kind of marveling at it and like checking out the price tags and stuff, which was way above what I would ever pay for anything. But it was cool. You could like scan it, uh, the screen with a QR code and like make a bid if you wanted to. And I was like, oh god, imagine I did that by accident. <laughs> so this was like a like a silent type auction, or I, I mean, think I that's just using what they- digital. I think they just had that going on in like the main hall and then you kind of went through and then you went past the handbag section and the booze and there was like a little bar where you could get some champagne or wine and stuff and then go in and that was where they had the huge section of watches and some like okay. high-end jewelry and stuff. So finally I, I made my, my way into there. I didn't I didn't exactly find it easily, but <laughs> the handbag <laughs> section threw me off. But okay. But I All made right. my way in and I see you know, I saw the guys and everything. So uh big shouts to them and thanks for inviting me. Uh they invited a lot of guests to the show and just friends from around. Um, you know, some familiar faces from the either the industry or industry adjacent. That's cool. Um, yeah. So that was really neat. I uh, saw a bunch of very expensive watches. I saw 
you know, some old Daytonas. One of them was from the Newman era. It was gold. I was like, Jesus, like it was so, Where, so where's nice. John Mayer right now? Where so nice. I saw an ice dial of the new Daytona. Uh, they okay. had an old fuchsia out GMT master, which is like, that's like my, favorite. Oh get, yeah, like, yeah. The faded yeah, out bezel. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Good. Yeah. So that's good. super cool. Yeah. Uh, I got to check out some watches people were wearing. I met a couple vintage bros uh, and this guy was wearing, he, he, he either does or he wants to specialize in vintage tutor. He says not a lot of that going around, obviously because Rolex kind of overshadows them. Yeah. And he was wearing a Marina national tutor sub, but it was black. So super rare reference. I think yeah, everybody yeah, knows. Yeah. It was I've blue. seen one and it's snowflake hands, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen I, I've only seen renderings of one, but I have seen them in the black doll because they typically came in the blue. Right. So I was staring at this thing and like I kept looking at it and I'm like, like what's eventually I was this? like, all right, what's the deal here, buddy? And he's like, yeah, he's like, they're super rare, but there were some made in black. He, like they were only like one year or like part of a year, like 1971 yeah. or something. It was really cool. Obviously, he knew his stuff because it's his job. But, you know, kicking it around with guys like that, you, you kind of you get to learn a lot of things because you don't. You know, I'm an enthusiast. I'm certainly not an expert. And, uh, you know, I have a day job. So <laughs> yeah. it makes it hard to know every single reference number. And every yeah, you're not uh, constantly nuance. trolling the Internet. Right. Yeah. I mean, you learn them as as you go with watches that you're enthusiastic about. You know, like I, I know, like, the, for example, like the, the Slim Willards or the old Slimmer Willards, some of them came with hacking hand wanting, some didn't. It just depends if you got which movement you got in yours. But like, and obviously yeah. there was a time where they switched over, but like, I wouldn't have known that had I not like got in there and messed around with them. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So it's just, it's cool to meet people with kind of a wealth of knowledge and experience and things. And obviously they, they told me some fun industry stories about people. Everybody probably knows some good, some bad, but I'm not, I'm not going to name, you know, I'm not going to spill the tea here, but it was, it's just cool <laughs> to meet people that are like connected, you know? Yeah, and genuine people. I mean, I think that that's uh, sometimes one of the things that gets overlooked is just like we meet all these people, but it's really nice to know and it's reassuring to know that some people are actually genuinely good people. Yeah, and then I, you know, I met some people that were just there kind of out of enthusiasm and uh, checked out a couple cool watches. One dude actually had a, a white pearl carbon doxa. Really? Yeah, super good in person. Oh my god, I want one so bad now. <laughs> super light. The white pearl carbons it coming felt back. So huh? official. Oh, and it was the loom dial. Sick. I was like, oh my god, dude, it was so good. The bezel was that so good on sick. it. It it felt great. He like handed it to me. I was like, oh man. Did he know who you were? He did actually. He stopped me. He actually stopped me. He was like, yo, Bernicki. I was like, oh shit, like that never happens to me. <laughs> yeah, especially because I mean. I don't really like you don't really put your face on things other than some live streams and maybe a couple of videos and stuff that you've done. But like you don't put it on your page anywhere. No, not too much. And I don't I don't wear like a lot of like merch or anything like I have a hat and like I, you know, a couple things. And obviously the, the pink strap stands out and that's a big conversation starter. And then I kind of jump. Yeah, from, yeah. Oh, well, I sell these. Oh, oh, that's who's been selling the ones I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Like it jumps. But. And everybody, when when I say, I'm like, you know, I, I run the page like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll, I don't go around being like, yo, what's up, uh, bro, Dinky? Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. So you don't flash from your business card. No. But uh, you know what the funny underlying takeaway from that was? And I, I don't I don't mean to. I'm not trying to hobnob anybody here, but I met so many people that have had Rolex QC issues. 
in really? one in one night, I met at least three or four people that had factory issues. What uh, what watches? Anything like? Were they all kind of the same or just different uh, collections? Rollasaur Explorer. So that's a okay. brand spanking new one. Yeah, that's a that's a twenty twenty one. So right? said it had horrible amplitude to the point where he took it in, and they were like, "We have to send this back." No way. And they were ashamed enough that they let him purchase a GMT master from them. Oh, I was damn. like, damn, they really like were like shit. This what is movement is that? I'm what not sure, but he said that? the amplitude was horrible. Yeah, because I mean, amplitude is one of the major indications for the health of a watch. Right. And I mean, in, in a watch that I mean, generally all their watches are supposed to be plus to minus two, right? That's what they regulate them to. Uh, Yeah. Plus I'm, two minus two per the superlative chronometer. Right. Position. Yeah. So I was like, damn, man. And then the, the guy we were talking to also had to send back his bat girl, I believe it was. So that's uh, another pretty recent release. But see, and that's a and that's a GMT. And see, I what I've heard when the new GMTs started to come out and they switched the calibers from the old generation GMTs, because one of my buddies has the previous edition Batman before they changed the movement. That movement never had any problems. But I had heard from different retailers and different people that were selling the Rolexes at that time is that some of these original Batmans and subsequently Pepsis and even some of, I mean, you know, the root beers and stuff because they shared the same movement. Yeah. They were starting to have like date issues or they were starting to have some type of like mechanical like failure, like internally. And I had heard it a few times, but, you know, everything that Rolex talks about is pretty close to the chest so it's not something you're probably going to see out in mainstream but that's kind of it's kind of uh disconcerting you know yeah and i mean the guy said he's like yeah the rep was talking they said well we're a little bit short on people like everybody else and it's it that's where it takes a hit is the you know whatever you call it quality control quality assurance department or whatever but i was like yeah yeah but you know what okay. i mean you can't check okay. every single watch right you can't yeah you can't literally check every single one forever so well and that's the other thing too that people don't realize about the superlative chronometer certification is when rolex certifies their watches they batch test them which means that not every single watch has actually been been certified interesting which is interesting yeah and i only know that because several of my friends and their contacts in the industry have told me that at subsequent Rolex trainings, those are the things that they've talked about. Because if you put that in contrast to like Omega and their master chronometer certification, every watch is tested. But apparently, according to Rolex, and this is just, again, this is secondary information, so take it for what you will. They have said that the, the actual watches are batch tested, not individually tested per watch. Hmm. So maybe that's how something like that can get through. I guess so, yeah. Especially with amplitude, man, because that is a very clear indication that a watch is not healthy. And so for those of you out there that are wondering about the movement, I finally found it. It's the 3230, hmm. which is another updated version. Um, There's a new movement that they, that they launched in 2020, according to the website. So this is the replacement for the 3130 that would have been in the previous generation Explorer once. Yeah. So that was interesting. At least interesting. So, like that's some tea, man. It is. 
by those guys. Rolex did right by them. I have heard horror stories where they have not before. Like there's a, a guy that the whiskey and watches guys know that took his GMT, sorry, Explorer two swimming and the gaskets failed and they just told him he was SOL. Whoa. They said he, it was his, it was his bad. Eek. I mean, but did he, did he have the crown screwed in? I mean, I'm thinking he did. If he was bold enough to put in a call and say, Hey, your gaskets failed. Yeah. Eek. Yeah. That's uh no bueno. And that's an expensive service because that's a dial. That's a dial service. Uh, or it's a typically a dial replacement because it gets water damage, yeah. and then a movement service, which is not not inexpensive. Yikes! Anyways, on a lighter note, it was a good time. Hung out. I didn't. I didn't get my hands on a NATO, but I, it's all right. I'll. Uh, I think I'll survive. I think I have enough of those lying around, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good time, and uh, yeah. Thanks again to those guys for having me, and. Uh, you know, it was uh, a unique experience. I don't I, that stuff like that is a little bit above my uh, my pay grade, I think, usually. So <laughs> fun yeah. to be able to get in there and mix it up, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. In other uh, neat news, as far as things like that go, like places I don't belong, uh, I am going to have a feature. I don't know if you've ever heard of the watch annual. I have not. Oh, uh, your buddy Zach is in it. People's, oh, really? Yeah, they, it's supposed to be like the best watches of the year that have come out, type of deal. It's like a like a magazine, like a it's like a yearly. Yeah, yeah, it comes okay, out once okay. a year, and so yeah. he's been his photo has been featured in it and like, so I guess it's like your little submission. Like he would put in his photo of whatever watch that came out that year, and then you put a little blurb on the bottom or whatever. So they reached out to me and they were like, "We thought it'd be cool if we put a meme in there." And I was like, yeah, that is ob- so obviously sick. I'm in. Right. That so this, is so sick. So this guy Justin kind of puts it on and he he contacted me and we're 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 working on it. And so I submitted one. It's hard because how me, do you I'll, pick? What well, not only that, but everything meme related is like copyrighted. Yeah. So like I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if you're allowed to print anything. And like obviously I can't put peep ones with people in it. Yeah. So that's tough. It it, it was a a challenge but i, but but I wonder I, but i, I wonder it. if at some point it becomes like art you know yeah or the um cr- not a creative commons or whatever i'm not sure because like i mean like if i if i painted a like you know to use a warhol thing like you paint the likeness of marilyn monroe or you paint the likeness of you know a campbell soup can like are you not allowed to do that if you like created the thing I was checking this out for if you were going to use photos in like a post, like a blog post or something. Mm-hmm. If you took the photo, you're okay. Uh-huh. If it's okay. somebody else's, it's not. You have to I either see. get permission or what, you know, sign up for whatever their program is where you can use their stuff. I got you. So okay. I'm not sure if it just has to be something you created. Like, for example, I think your friend Zach had the uh, Green Willard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was okay. his submission, but it's obviously a photo he took. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. So, yeah. So I, I went with, in true internet troll fashion, I went with the uh, Moser Vantablack. The, the all black. 
because I thought that would be like an obnoxious watch to feature because I know I know it's a concept watch yeah, of yeah, sorts, yeah. but and but you know they use the Vanta Black dial and everything because the the material is too hard to actually develop into a case. I guess like it's super fragile and they they can't really like bang it around at all, so it wouldn't be able to be sold. But I thought the concept of it was so neat and trolly that I was like, oh, I'm gonna play off this one and. I got it, and hopefully when it comes out, I'll I'll share that out. So I thought that was a that neat is, little that is little so tidbit. Cool. That's so cool, man! Congratulations, yeah, that's so amazing. It's like a you know little footprint I put somewhere. Well, now I definitely have to get this. I have to buy it when it comes out. And I'm looking I'm looking at some of the previous people that have been uh, that have been featured in these in these before, and you're not. Not like, in bad company, is, right? No, you're not in bad company at all. Like these are some pretty heavy hitters, and some people that I certainly, I certainly recommend uh, recognize. I mean, Cat was in the one from last year. Yep, Cat Shoulders mm -hmm. and you know Barkin Jack or uh, Adrian from Barkin Jack. There's some Cole Pennington was in one. Like, uh, there's some there's some people here that are that are pretty impressive. So that's that's amazing, man. Congratulations, that's yeah, super so cool. It's cool to it's cool to just have the hat in the ring, you know? Yeah. You have to when you find out when it's gonna be when it's gonna be published and it's available for sale, you have to let me know so I can pick up a copy. All right. Well, I think I it's gotta be out by the end of the year, right? It's an annual. Yeah. I know they said they were I think they were putting it together this month because I had to have it resized and kind of worked out by I think the middle of this month. So I got it in. I got my my little creation done somehow, some way. So sick. That yeah. is so sick. Pretty so cool. Pretty neat. Okay, enough boring you with stuff about me. Uh, we got some new drops this week. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it in brands that I very much enjoy. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we'll just kick it right off with Seiko. Uh, Seiko has an Alpinist, Euro only. Pretty interesting looking. They're calling it, I can't remember what it's, the Rock. rock I, 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 it's something like that. I keep going to Rock type, like Pokemon. <laughs> it's That's the... Rock face is the name for those uh, who like to hunt the serial numbers it is S P B three, five, five J one. It's a pretty interesting dial. It's got, I guess you would consider like a jagged kind of Rocky dial on it. And it's got, it's silver with shiny blue accents. Blue accents. So hands and indices blue. Yeah, it looks good. It looks really good. For some reason, I think it's because I owned a bat like this. It reminds me of a baseball, uh, an aluminum baseball bat from Little League. I think I had an <laughs> Easton that was just like this, and I can't get it out of my head. Oh my gosh! Come on, dude! Come on! Uh, I mean, I love, I love the Alpinist. The Alpinist is one of my favorite watches out there. It's just yeah. I keep looking at this and I keep going baseball bat. I don't know why. I think it's just the shiny blue. I think that's yeah. What's it's doing. it's got to be the overly metallic. It's, it's it is. It's it's that point where it gets where it gets to become overly blue like yeah. it's like super blue like That's not just like a blued color but you know i like it i i think rock face is an interesting name for it yeah but <laughs> you know i think overall it's a really aesthetic looking watch like it's aesthetically pleasing and I love the contrast and that's kind of one of the great things about sports watches is having a watch with with nice contrast and this certainly has it but you know what's interesting is they call it the rock dial but when I look at the live photos of this, it looks more to me like a machine finish. Yeah. Like a brushed steel or 
you know, nickel finished metal, you know, it's kind of like a more industrial look than a like rock face. Yeah, I was trying to pick up the exact texture from the photos. It's hard to tell, but it almost looked like a like a really like rugged, uh, like almost like a linen look. But yeah, you know what it looks it like have it looks like, the, it looks like those bait, like those flooring, the flooring you put over. It's like a coating you put over the floor that makes things like uh, it's like almost like a rubber. Okay. Okay. Like industrial flooring, so that you can't like spill things and let it seep or through the slip. Floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly okay. what this looks like. To me. <laughs> well, so for all of you guys out there that work in commercial kitchens, you probably know what bro is talking about. For the rest of us, it kind of looks like a silverized linen dial. Yeah, a little bit. But I think it looks good overall. I think the strap twist is kind of cool. It's like on a like a nylon sailclothy looking strap, and it comes mm-hmm. with a leather one. But I think overall, it looks, it looks really cool. I think this is probably my favorite looking Alpinist that I've seen outside of maybe the OG. Yeah, the OG is great. Another Seiko, the Astron. It's a limited. It's completely black case. And of course, what color would they make the dial? What's <laughs> what's in vogue these days? What? Wait, is it green? Is it green? No, this no. is straight up plum. Purple. <laughs> <laughs> so the Astron was originally, I believe, it was one of the first quartz watches ever released. That was the, it was, yeah, the it was the first. Was and the now first, yeah. it has evolved into a GPS watch. So that's cool. But yeah, this thing, I think it's one of those loaded with technology kind of watches. Doesn't interest me a ton, but it's neat. I can see people being into it. No, yeah, I mean, technology is very cool, and it's uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's like GPS or radio controlled. Yeah. So these types of watches, like they automatically sync and then will update the time based on current time zones and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty impressive. So I'm not one for the uh, the dark plum purple dial, but it is cool that it's got like a like a metallic flake in it. So it kind of looks like the starry sky, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so. and it's got that purple and black look. So if you wanted a black panther royal oak and you couldn't afford it or you didn't want black panther's balls at six o'clock this could be your watch hey you know what we should have seen it coming we should have seen purple coming because of the black panther i thought about it (laughs) we should have seen it and what's what's funny is that's uh that that kind of goes back to a little bit about how you and i first met which is a story for another time. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> which is a story yes, for another time. <laughs> it is. Uh, jumping Seiko to Grand Seiko. Grand Seiko's got a new high beat. It's the SLGH013. And it's in steel, but it looks a lot like a snowflake. So if you are yes. not a titanium bro, but you are into... Or broette. Look, and you don't like power reserves, this might be your watch. Yeah. It looks nice. I mean, again, you know, it's 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 what has been said about Grand Seiko will continue to be said. It's finished well. It looks nice. The the aesthetics are very congruent. Like it looks fantastic. And again, you said it right. Like it's not it looks like a you know streamlined snowflake, right? The dial's not so aggressive. It's got more of like a frozen ice pattern versus what they've used in the past. No power reserve indicator right on the front of the dial. And it's a high beat. So we're now a mechanical version, not spring drive. So I think it's cool. I think it'll do well and it's in steel. So I imagine the price point will be probably slightly less than that. 
of the snowflake, but I could be completely wrong. I'm curious what this ever brilliant steel they're describing. I'm wondering is if bring it's to kind of like I'm wondering if it's kind of like their um the stay it's not stay bright. Um what's the what's the coating that they put on on watches? They do it like on the prospects line. You know Dia Shock? Yes. I wonder if it's like that. Like or di- is it Dia Shield or Dia Shield? Dia Shield, sorry. Not Dia Shield. Dia Shield, right? that's the one. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's something like that, but it looks like the color because typically with the dye sh- with the dye shield coating, correct me if I'm wrong, they have more of, more of like a dark grayish color, but maybe this one looks like it is more true silver tone, like a traditional steel. Yeah, you combine that with Zerato polishing, who knows what the hell you get. That's that's very true. That is very true. <laughs> I do like this dial a lot though. It, it looks like the ice skating rink after everybody's already skated on it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was like. Like, like it a needs frozen a Zamboni. Ice style. That's what it's called. The Grand Seiko Zamboni. Zamboni. Hey, I'm you know, we're starting it right. We're starting right here. The the forty four GS Zamboni. I'm with it. I think that's a great name. <laughs> I mean, it kind of rolls off the tongue. I mean, <laughs> we already we already have what is it the the Zimbi right? Yep. What's the, what's the Zamboni right? That's right. <sighs> Couple more. Uh, Baltic dropped a pretty cool limited in collaboration with a collected man. It riffs a little bit off of Patek Philippe, but again, for those who are not in the market for a Patek Philippe, this may be your watch. It's kind of got that. What's the reference? It's a Patek ninety six. Yeah, it's a re- it's a reference ninety six Calatrava, um, and it's interesting because Collected Man did a whole write up on like identifying specific types of Patek references, and this particular ninety six. That it's riffing on is what they consider the 96 with a roulette dial, which was a very rare version of the 96. It's got an offset small seconds hand, which is pretty cool. Overall, it looks good. It does look good. It does look very, very good. I think I like the handset on the original paddock that it's riffing a little bit more. Okay. But the because uh, these are more like a Dauphine shape, so more like a sword shape yeah. almost. Whereas the original ones that were on the paddock was actually more like a leaf shape. So um, other than that, I think it looks really cool. And I know a lot of people out there really love Baltic. I'm one of those people in that camp. Uh, I have a buddy that bought this type of paddock or I'm sorry, this type of Baltic, but he has the um, like the previous, like the standard production model with like the brigade numerals. He likes it a lot. He's a listener to the show. So shout out to you, buddy. You know who you are. Um, but yeah, he really likes the watch has had it with the small seconds. So I think this is kind of a cool evolution. It's obviously a much more modern take on that style versus the, the kind of more antiquated brigade style numerals. But I think it's going to sell out. I mean, it's a Baltic, it's an LE. It looks really cool. And that's the MR zero one blue roulette for those who care. Blue roulette. Yeah. Last up one that you and I are both a little bit over the moon with. Timex <laughs> dropped a Marlin 40 Bring mils automatic sunray green finish looks phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, amazing. I, like when you sent me the rendering of this watch, you're like, did you see this? And I was like, no, how did I miss this? Because I absolutely love it. I love it. I love everything about it. The so, dial is fantastic. The numerals are amazing. It's, yeah, a it's got a, it's got, what do you call that? What would you call it? An art deco style numeral at 12, <laughs> Six yeah, nine it's, three. It's kind of it's kind of that way, but I mean, or we like a little house almost. It's it, 
I don't really know exactly what to pinpoint it as, but it's certainly a mixture of different designs. But I know in the 60s that this this type of design was font was pretty prevalent. I mean, Timex is obviously riffing on this because they did a watch with this before. You also see kind of a similar number style to like, you know, I have the first generation Diver 65 from Oris. It's yeah. like on the same funky yes, number. Yes, yes, it is. That's just, uh, it's awesome. And this color green, you were describing it to me and I'll let you tell our listeners exactly how you described it because I think it's so spot on and I think it's so good because it looks amazing, amazing. So in line with a recent meme of mine, and if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, to me, this green, I was trying to place it, and it's not quite alpinist green, and it's definitely not too emerald. What this reminds me of is the amazing shade of green that many of the Kermits faded to because they're aluminum bezels. They've aged out, and this is a little bit of what you get. And I think that is exactly what I like about that watch so much is you get that kind of patinaed green look. Yeah. And so this is a little muted and it's got a, I guess you'd call it a radial sunray finish on it. And it, it just oh, looks so really good. good. And you know, they do those pretty aggressively domed crystals on these. So yeah. I can only imagine, I mean, I, I see like a little live photo they have going. It looks really, really good. Yeah. And they make it, it in blue too, but I think the green is far and away the winner. Yeah. I mean, you, you told me that there was a blue and I looked at it like, nope, where's the green yes. one? <laughs> where's the green one? And again, we know green's a hot color. A lot of brands are doing it. But even still, this is done in a way that still feels kind of like refreshing and different. And I like it, you know, and again, for what, $250 US, like it's wait, a simple wait, so automatic it goes on sale. <laughs> you know, it's a simple automatic. It's going to be, you know, core collection. It's not a, it's not a limited edition. Um, you know, it's got some type of derivative Miyota movement in there. I think it looks great. And to me, what's also nice about this particular Marlin and one of the reasons why I never bought some of the previous generation automatic versions is because I always felt that the hands were a little bit too small. Okay. Or too short on the other ones. This one has more of like a what's that? Uh, what's that watch? It's the um, um, the JLC, but it's their um, like their scientist engineering watch. The Geophysic. Yes, thank you. The Geophysic. Yes, yes, yes. So they had an original um like limited edition that came back out where the hands were more of like a, like a leaf shape or like a sword shape, like a broadsword almost. That's what this hand style is like. And it's very similar. It looks very cool. And it just gives me those types of vibes, but with more of like the vintage num numerals on it. It's, it's awesome. Geophysic. Yeah. This is the poor man's geophysic. There we go. We've been poor manning up a storm here. Patek Philippe, <laughs> Royal Oak, Geophysic. So you know, hey, good style is good style, man. Why not bring it back for for modern audiences to enjoy? So that's right. And hey, that's gonna feed beautifully into our topic today, because today we are talking affordables. I've spoken at length that I still very much. I think I might enjoy this part of the hobby, maybe even more than the serious collecting part. I don't know what it is. I don't fun. know if they're, it's, I don't it's, know if they're just it's cheaper. It's the Wild West. It's the Wild it West, is, man. It is the Wild West. I don't know if it's just because they're cheaper and you can just say, hey, screw it, and at a 
a couple clicks and it's going to be at my door. And I don't really have to feel that guilty about it. Whereas, <laughs> you know, you make a serious you purchase. $7,000. You're like, yeah, you, I better really like this one. <laughs> especially, especially when you have to do that. And then you, you don't get the watch for like a couple weeks or something. You're like, Oh, oh man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you're just like stewing over it. You're like, not only that, but I'm, I'm out six or 7,000 and I have nothing to show for it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no instant sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Unsettling feeling. So we're going to play a little uh, in the shallow end of the pool today. And we were we were coming up with this. We were sort of just talking about watches we liked, honestly, and ones that we were kind of shocked don't get, I guess, more attention or ones that we really like and think they should. And so we were riffing off the, uh, I guess, the affordable brands we liked. And we kind of just divided and conquered here. So Schmitty has some. I have some. We're not doing the usual. You pick one. I pick one. We are doing split down the middle. You have these. I have these. And we're going to go from there. So I have some brands. He has some brands. And we're just going to give kind of our little quick, uh, I guess, our sleeper of sorts or just a personal favorite in those the, within those brands. So. Uh, Schmidt, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Why don't you take it away? Okay, I will, since we're already on Timex, I, Timex is one of the brands that I drew, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know what, I, I don't think they get enough credit across the board. I know people complain, oh, well, they're kind of cheaply made and they have cheap movements and yada, yada, yada. Yes, I, yes. okay, <laughs> I get it. But, you know, you're also getting in for under three, sometimes under 200 bucks, right? Yeah. And yeah. unless you're getting like a G-Shock, there's not a ton else you're going to get in that range. You know, I think people were spoiled when they used to get the SKX at a buck 80 and they yeah. were like, you know, yeah. you're getting a a piece of diving tool history. <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> you know, nowadays like what is 200 bucks doesn't get you a a Nomega NATO, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's so, true. It's true. So I was I was going through all my models that I really like. And I think a lot of them were too on the nose. I, the new GMTs are really, really good. Yeah. I don't know if I like the blacked out one more or just the classic Pepsi with the new bracelet on it, but both of them are so good. I didn't go with those. I didn't go with the cues. Cause those are also really good. I didn't go with the, even the, the vintage reissue type cues. Well, actually this is this. I technically is, but it's not the ones I'm talking about. Like the, the ones that are attached to like a year, like the six, 1968. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like those. I got you. So this is technically a Q, and I actually gave one of these away to a lucky follower once upon a time. Uh, it is a Falcon Eye. Oh, yeah. This one is also coincidentally green. It's also a really cool watch. It is. I completely forgot about this watch, actually. You know, I forget about them, too, and I wasn't in love with the blue one. But when they came out with the green, because it was the blue one had uh, some gold accent on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't crazy about it. But the green is pretty much all steel. And then it's just got that cool bubbly crystal. Really neat green dial, obviously, in Falcon Eye. Yeah. And it's got just a a great vintage vibe to it. It's got, um, obviously, your day and date. It's got Q at the top. It says, unfortunately, I I don't know. Some people are really put off by the fact that it says quartz on the bottom. But I don't know what else you'd put there. because the dial would be, I don't know, I think it'd be a little off balance without it. Yeah. And it is a quartz. Yeah. <laughs> because the original one was also a quartz. But it's got a really cool bracelet on it. It's almost like a, 
I don't want to call it a steel mesh, but it's it's a lot of fine steel links. Yeah. It's got uh, little loom plots around the entire outside, stick indices, and it's just got a lot of that vintage look to it that I, I really, really enjoy. It comes in a great size, 38 millimeters. And uh, those bracelets, I know they're kind of lightweight in the... Some people like lightweight bracelets, like my Grand Seiko bracelet is lightweight because it's really good titanium and you know made to feel that way. Yeah, This is a lightweight bracelet because it's lightweight material and there's not much of it. So some people be like, well, that's just cheap. I kind of like a lightweight bracelet myself. Some people disagree with me. They like to kind of feel that heft pulling them down. I'm not one of those people. Well, you know, I'll say this. I mean, I think uh, I think Jason Heaton back in the day wrote an article for Houdinki, if I'm not mistaken. About I know which one you're talking about. The ode to like the jangly the bracelet. The jangly bracelet. That's right. Yep. I mean, it's come on. A guy like that loves it. I mean, and there's there's something that's so nostalgic and and interesting about that type of feeling. It's you can only really get that from a old watch just because that's how they were made back then. It's different. Yeah. Even my old uh, Explorer two bracelet. I really, really liked that one because it was just super minimalist. Whereas now, you know, you have an easy link and all this other stuff. You know, I don't know if I need that. Yeah. I, your grandfather, I, that was a real man. He just used a paper clip and, sw- and swapped out the, the micro adjustment whenever he needed to. <laughs> and sometimes it was a nail because that's all he had. So his class was all scratched to hell. But you know what? He did it right. He was an OG. So OG. Yeah. But yeah, that was my pick since we were already on Timex. I, there, again, there's so many Timexes I like. And I could have went with something like the original Snoopy Marlin, which is really great. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean they put out some some newer ones recently, but I the original one is is really just great. Um, but yeah, they they have a lot of cool stuff that I think if people who were just in the market to buy a watch that was fun would look at, I think more people would own them. Yeah, for sure. It's again, it's an it's an objectively good looking watch with a very like fluorescently green dial, which I think is really cool. And I don't really know of any other dials that are out there that look this way and so. hey look rolex is doing falcon eye now uh, falcon eye now so you know there you go what are you gonna do trendsetter right trendsetter okay I'll why like don't it. you give me uh one of yours yeah so um going through this exercise i mean there's a lot to pick from um since we're already talking about green dials i'm gonna carry this one away this is probably a watch that a lot of people have not seen yet, uh, especially if you're not a follower of Citizen. So Citizen was one of the brands that I was cho- that I chose uh, to focus on because they've been doing a lot of cool stuff recently. And this is one of those watches that certainly speaks to that. As you know, green's very popular. Uh, and I wanted to pick a watch from Citizen that we have not really talked about on the podcast at all before. We've talked about the Fugus. We've talked about Pro Masters. You know, they have a bunch of different stuff. Th- those are certainly great options, too. But this is more in the dressy vein. So this is the Citizen reference NK000788X. Gotta love those references. I know. (laughs) But you know what? I'm going to read them out because we've been asked to have them read out a little bit slower. So uh, this is an interesting watch because it's technically a limited edition, um, but it's readily available. I also think because people don't know it's out. So this will be an interesting watch to see if it starts hitting our feeds uh, very, very soon after this podcast airs. 
because it's a really cool watch. So this is a Citizen watch. Um, I believe it's a limited edition of 1959 pieces. Um, I am not going to try to butcher the name that it's supposed to be representative of for the limited edition, but it has this really gorgeous, almost, if you will, bro, if you're looking at this watch, almost, if you will, like original cocktail time dial, like that texturing of the cocktail time. But it has like this 1950s, 1960s dial with this with these kind of like triangular markers, Dauphine hands. It is loomed, but it's a beautiful emerald green in the center that fades out in a fumé process to a black. And this dial is just very impressive given the price point for this watch. So I think uh, in typical citizen fashion, you know, it's around the thousand dollar price point. You can find it on eBay for four hundred bucks. Um, and it's an, you know, it's an in-house citizen movement. It's got an exhibition case back. The movement itself has been slightly decorated, albeit through in like an industrial finish, but it looks really good. So this is a watch that I would consider adding to my collection in a very attractive price point because it is so different and I've never seen anything else like it from citizen that I've seen contemporarily. Yeah. So. This is giving me a little bit of a Sarb vibe. The old right. Sarb, the, the right. legendary black or cream. And then there was a, a couple off dials of red and a pink that were really, really rare. But yeah. have you seen this watch? I haven't seen this one. What I thought you were talking about was a similar model that was that I've, I've looked at previously. It, it was the NK0002-14W. Similar idea, not quite the same green, uh, a little more of a blue green, but same idea starts off very light in the middle, goes very dark around the outside, and it has a gold tone. I actually recommended this to somebody once. They didn't get it. Oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a, it it's a really neat looking watch. When I saw this style, I was really taken back and I had to look more into it. I think this watch comes in a little big. I think it's like a 43, maybe something like that. Something put me off about getting it because I... I was looking at it. I was like, damn, I might buy this. But that's what I thought you were talking about originally. <laughs> I got Now you. I okay. see these other ones. But there's there's a whole line of these outside of this also, I think, where you can get more of a, a black if you're into black. Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so yeah. There's one that, the one that I, really I specified is the limited edition. But they have like the 64 series, I guess, is kind of like that style. But you can get the black dial. I think there might be a blue dial or something like that. So, Do you know what the but size this on one, these is? I knew you were going to ask me, and I had it, and I completely forgot it. Um, let's see. It says 41. Okay, not bad. Not but horrible. You get uh, a pretty cool, what do we call those, shark tooth indices? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. I mean, it looks kind of like a vintage Seamaster or something like that, like a 40s or a 50s Seamaster. But that was such a popular design back in the day that it's hard to spend. Yeah, it's giving specify. me the, uh, the shark tooth alpinist look, the black yeah. alpinist. I mean, yeah, I just love cool. the dial because it's got like a creased texture to it. It, it. Again, it just reminds me so much of like an early cocktail time. But the cocktail time was more like a swirl, if I remember right. Yep. This is more like a like a crease or wrinkle pattern. Yeah, it comes on a bracelet. I mean, I th I think this would be a a sleeper hit if somebody saw it and they'd be like, "Hey, what a you know is that a mod? What, what do you got going there?" Yeah, and the, again, just a very funky green color. I just, I love it. I think it's cool. Yeah, I could see this being a big hit. 
I don't have a, a fancy green reference for this yet. It'll come to me. But <laughs> no, it. no cool, no cool green nickname yet. I don't have one yet. No, but okay, all right. But yeah, but this is another brand, you know, kind of quietly killing it. I think they have a pretty good following. Like citizen people are citizen people, and they, yeah, they know true. it, and they they lean on things that come out when they come out. But I think that I think they're just slept on as a brand. I mean, they put out that series kind of like their own sort of uh, a grand Seiko feel to it recently. Yeah. I can't remember the names of them, but they, they look really nicely finished. They have really well put together movements in them. Pretty yep, cool specs. Yep, yep. You know, citizen might be on the uptick. Something to look out for. Okay. I also have Hamilton in my, my stable here. Okay. Now, I this one I, I I knew exactly off the bat that I was gonna go with this one, but Hamilton they have so many good offerings. Obviously, all of the khaki fields, the khaki pilots are really cool. They have those uh, aviator watches that come out that are sort of uh, big pilot looking. If you're into that, they mm-hmm. offer, and I think that's part of what I like about these price ranges is you get these brands that offer such a diverse offering. Yeah. Where you know your bigger brands, especially more your more expensive ones, you're getting. We have these lines, these lines, these. They're very just well defined, and they're they're classics, and they sell really well, and that's obviously why they do it. But these brands sort of throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And so yeah, you're gonna get some off the wall stuff, right? You're gonna get some crazy things that'll be one offs because oh, we're never trying that again. It didn't sell. Everybody hates it. Okay, fine. <laughs> but you're also gonna get some really cool hits in there, also. Yeah. Um, as far as Hamiltons go, again, I love all the khakis, all even all their different varieties of them. Like I know they do like an earth tone, they do a bronze, all yeah. that stuff is great. You have some really cool, like the Ventura, you have the Murph. Yeah. You and know, I they, saw I saw a guy wearing a bronze at the airport a few weeks ago, and I almost it was gonna be like, Hey man, nice watch, but it was like midnight. <laughs> and we were both exhausted from traveling. I know so it's I like, the approach what? anxiety is real, man. I told you I walked uh, by, yeah, I walked yeah. right by a dude shoulder to shoulder who's wearing a no time to die Seamaster. And I, I, did. I was going to just yell out. I didn't even know what to say. I was just going to yell out no time to die and see what he did. Like if, if he didn't turn around, he didn't know it. He was a nerd. So yeah, exactly. that would have been that. You know, I, I, I didn't have to worry about it, but if he turned around, you know, we, we met eyes. It was, it was over. We'd be obviously best friends for life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I was busy. I was chasing a little child down the boardwalk and he was going the other way. And I, I was like, ah, oh, misconnection. But uh, back to Hamilton. <laughs> um, I really like their new titanium autos that have come out. They did that one with sort of that textured blue, almost like a, a moon rock type face on it. And then they yeah. had a, a green that was really neat. It was it was much more of a, a sterile look, but it was kind of a, a reflective green. This is a titanium auto. But this is the all black. It is the, I'll give you the reference number. It's 42 millimeters H7066553. It is all black. It has sort of a peanut butter loom on the numerals and hands, uh, loom plots around the outside. In the, the khaki aesthetic, you know, the 24 hour time on the inside, 42 mils, so a little bigger. But this watch sort of satisfies that blacked out spec ops almost type watch, if you know what I mean. Like if you've ever seen, 
I don't know the reference number. It's the Panerai. I think Bill Clinton has one, but uh, it's almost like the one Tom got cut. He got custom finished, but it's all blacked out. It looks super stealth. I think Watt watches the espionage has one on his page somewhere, but yeah, just looks super, super stealthy. And like, this comes on sort of a, almost a matching leather strap to the loom. It looks, it's very masculine. Yeah. I like it. You know, I feel like as somebody who, who's in, in the forces could wear it if they wanted to, if they were into that type of thing. I don't know if Hamilton's, you know, well, and it's, them, and but. it's also like a great watch for like the coming seasons, right? Like that fall wintry. Yeah, definitely. They're darker. Leaves are changing, you know, more kind of like rustic colors are in. I think this watch is awesome. It's super legible, you know, kind of like a, you said you said I was gonna yell out no time to die to the <laughs> guy. It's it's it kind of like an abstracted way you get some of those vibes. Yes, albeit you know with the black case instead of you know like a like a dark gray titanium version, but super clean, super clean. Yeah, I think that's what I like about it a lot. Um, observation on the spot here. Uh, this is gonna be a little strange for me. Um, I happen to be wearing <laughs> so I'm wearing my uh, Zen U fifty blacked out and it's i'm wearing it on a sort of almost the exact same color nato and uh yeah that's just pure coincidence but uh, i guess i guess i'm really into those those color combinations nowadays (laughs) hey you know what good colors good style is good colors and good style it's just they look awesome it looks great i think this is a cool looking piece i mean hamilton in general you know as you mentioned there's so many amazing offerings from this brand Outside of just the khaki mechanical that every watch bro has. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and just, I don't know if you noticed this. I'm looking at their website now. That W10 style version that, that you used to have. The small pilot. Yep. They just came out with two new references. I just saw the white one. The white one is oh. clean. <laughs> it is super clean. I like it a lot. It's very, that one feels very to me RAF. Like just old school, white dial, NATO, nothing. Just, but apparently those will be available soon. Yeah, that again, another, another super clean, super neat. So little there watch. you go. If you're not following Hamilton, there's a new white dial coming. Any new subsequent blue dial, uh, W10 style, manual wind, 36 mil RAF style watch. So be ready. Yeah, but again, another brand I think that's just entirely slept on. I mean, I really like those Intramatic chronographs that came out. I yep. know they're a little thick, but even the Intramatic dress watches, I, I don't think people even know about them. Oh. They they sort of look almost like they that have like a... That is still one of my favorite watches ever. Similar to ever. like a youngin's type of look to it. Just like the bubbly yeah. crystal, very plain sterile it, it dial. Just, but It just to class. me, that watch, that, that watch to me just feels like something Don Draper would wear. Like it's just, you know, it... Especially because their um their automatic version, not the chronos, but just the automatic like the time onlys, they didn't even have an active second hand. Like how much of a flex do you have to have to have a mechanical watch with not even a running second hand? It just to me is so clean because it's just literally about the time. That's it. Everything else is irrelevant. And I love that. Yeah, that's a they- that's an ethos that's very cool. You know, they sell, they even sell that one. I know they did a version with Hodinkee. It's like the salmon dial. Yep. But yeah, it looks so good, man. I, I just think a lot of their offering is just 
brushed over because again there's so much of it yeah but i also don't think people take the time to actually um notice right i mean well that's what it is where we live in a very instant gratification society if it's not being thrown in your face by one of the big media outlets is it even worth your time right yeah but again this is how this is how people used to find watches before we used to troll the websites at all hours of the night hoping that we could find something that was super cool and we could buy it before all of our friends could find it. That, yeah, that was what made watch collecting awesome. Where I'd be sh- scrolling down the forums trying to look for a, hey, check out this new watch post. And I'm like, all right, exactly. here we exactly. go. Amazing, amazing. So um, carrying on uh, somewhat of the militaristic theme, this was a watch that was announced last year. Initially, it got um, some pretty big press from even some big brands. But I just think quickly it fell out of favor with a lot of people because of its odd proportions. Uh, but this watch still for me is very cool. I have a buddy that has one. I've seen it in person. I've held it. It is just such an interesting watch, and I absolutely love it. This is the Bulova Millships. Yep. I, I, I've i talked about this watch briefly on the podcast before. But I absolutely love this watch, and I will continue to say it's an underrated watch in the collection for Bulova because it's one of their only real divers outside of the Devil Diver. And it's so cool because it has a unique military-style history. It's straight-up Blancpain vibes. It's straight-up you know any type of you know 1950s military diver watch that you're looking for. This is awesome. And the fact that this is a watch that was truly inspired by a model that was delivered to to military divers but never sold commercially to the public is even more intriguing to me. That is what's really cool. So story goes, in the 1950s, uh, the U.S. military approaches Bulova with a contract to make them a new diver's watch for commercial dive teams and UDT dive teams. Um, and they do so, and they deliver this watch in 1957 to these respective teams. And it has a lot of the similar you know, things that we see on modern Blanc Pond 50 Fathoms and other watches like, like that. You have, you know, extremely luminous dial. There was a, a military specification for how the dials had to look. And you have the water ingress indicator. You have the, the moisture indicator, which I absolutely love on this watch. And the thing is, this watch is readily available. When it first came out, it was a little confusing because there were two versions. Yeah. One was a limited edition version that came with a cool box and like a diving helmet and a cool logo-y thing on the back. Then this version came out, and there's a standard production model. The only real noticeable difference other than the, other than the accoutrement is the fact that one is on a black strap and one is on like a blue strap. Um, that's it. But... I think the hardest pill to swallow for people is the fact that this watch has a 16 mil lug width. And I get that. But a lot of watches, if you go back to military era pieces from the 1940s, 1950s, they all had 16 mil lugs. This is just an oversized watch that Bulova just didn't think to make the lugs wider. (laughs) Probably because they were already using straps from pre-existing watches. I mean, so it's dude, an interesting even, even some uh, some modern marathons have the teeny tiny lugs on them. They're just they're just stuck with the tradition of well, and, and I just think too, it's also out of necessity. It's like, yep. all right, we've already made sixteen mil straps for twenty years. Let's just keep using those because we already have access to them. Let's put them on the watch. Yeah. 
So I think it comes out also too with necessity. There's not a lot of overabundance during wartime. But I think that this is an amazing watch. There's been so many people that have covered it from Teddy Baldessair. Um, there's great YouTube videos on it, but it's just not a watch I've seen actively out in the community. And it's got one of the coolest bezel mechanisms of any watch I've ever played with because this one, in order to utilize it, you literally push it down and then you rotate it. So it is a locking bezel Interesting. Uh, on a watch that's right now, I think it's 800 or so dollars retail. Boulevard on their website is running a sale on these for just over 700 bucks. They're $716 right now on the Boulevard website. So uh, very cool watch, never commercially sold, and something I think you should add to your collection because it's it's awesome. So I was talking about how I met those two dealers, right? And one was wearing a Tudor sub. The other one, Blancpain. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like a mil-spec era Blancpain, super awesome. Oh. This totally just reminded me of that. I was like, damn, bro. Damn. There's something about that design language that's yeah. just so like I I can't even wrap my finger around it. It's just so like hyper masculine. I don't even know what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's to the point of, of toxicity, but it's just there's something about this watch that is just like this is the watch. This is the crap hits the fan watch. I'm strapping it on and all things will be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, dude, you look at the, I'm looking at an ad for this thing and it's got the old style diver with the hose that connects up to the boat, like plugged into, I forget yeah, what you yeah. call the, the helmet. It's got a funny yeah. name, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's very serious. You know, it's very like you yeah. could die doing this type of stuff, but absolutely, uh, man. Absolutely. And, but, and, and could you imagine this little rinky dink watch is like what these guys are strapping to I their know. wrist to go do this stuff. Like that to me is even more impressive. Like this was a tool. It was designed to be a tool. Yeah. And I'm slowly uh, kind of finding humor in the diversity of the dive community, I guess, because you have people who are commercial divers and people who do work underwater, recreational divers, yada, yada. And like, I guess they kind of razz each other from what I've seen. It's got, it's a little funny. Yeah. It's a little funny. Uh, I got to get, I got to get the, uh, the homie submersible wrist on here one day. We'll have a good chat with him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The T on that. Absolutely. And you know there is tea. You know for hunting. Oh, definitely. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good pick, though. That's a good pick. I, I When I saw it and it came out, I thought it was really cool. I actually know somebody who bought one of these recently, too. Not um, not personally, if you go back to my Donnie Darko meme. A, a watch friend. <laughs> not a real friend. A watch friend. But he just picked friend. up one of these, and he's, he thinks it's amazing. And he's like, the 16 was a little bit. I think it's probably to. I think it's weird just because you're not used to looking at it proportionately. But I think once you probably put it on, it probably feels like awesome. Because that's how I felt when I tried it on. I was like, you know what? It's unusual, but unusual in a good way, not like a bad way. Yeah. I mean, I can see less less surface area hitting your wrist, I think is probably better off for the for the wearing pleasure at least. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really love All you boys are concerned straps. about taper until there's actual taper in your life, and you're like, whoa, hey, <laughs> this is a little bit too much. All right, my last up, obviously, couldn't go an episode without talking about Seiko. So here we are. <laughs> Did you have an aneurysm trying to pick which one you were going to talk no, about? No, you know, today? I, again, trying to go with something that not a lot of people either own or have seen is a little, it narrowed things down really quickly because obviously I can't go with things like, your standard stuff, your turtles, or your 
prospects divers, all that stuff. Yeah. I wanted to so badly just go on a super long rant about the Seiko solar line that I have the, I have the pad version, but it's, you know, the, the little 38 millimeter solar diver. It is so good. It is not the one I'm picking, but it is so good. They make it in a straight up black. They make it in the new patty colorway. They make it in green and blue now. And I'm sure they're just going to keep going because let me tell you that thing. It, it just kicks ass. It's small. It wears phenomenally. It's obviously very lightweight because it's solar cords. You, I have it on a rubber strap. It is just, it's such a pleasure to wear. It is, it's a watch that I will pick up daily for weeks because it is just awesome. So bef- before I overshare about that, I'll, I'll get to what I'm talking about. Uh, I picked, I don't know if this is a, it's, it's definitely a presage. I don't know if it's a cocktail offshoot, but this is the SRPF 41 and 43. They're 38 millimeters textured dials. They come in a, Another very interesting oh, shade of yeah, green yeah, yeah. or almost like a bronzish brown color. Yeah. I've seen these. My buddy They're has beautiful. my buddy has the green one. He puts it on a bunch of different straps and it just kills. He's gotten rid of so many watches because he just wants to wear this. It wears phenomenally. It's a presage, so it has all this cool texturing on the dot. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you know what you call it call that texturing. What would you call it? This to me looks more like rock than yeah, it does. does. The brown one looks a lot like a rock dial, you know. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's I've seen this watch before. It's crossed my feed, and I think Amazon even sells this watch, which is kind of funny. Um, But it's gorgeous. It's really gorgeous, and the movement finishing is really nice too. You have a golden rotor on the back. Price is basically nothing. And it says that they're supposed to be limited editions. Allegedly. This is Allegedly. called Matcha. The green one yeah. is the green yeah, one is yeah, matcha. matcha. But like again, matcha you know, tea for all you hipsters out there. Right. But you know, Seiko, a lot of times the limited editions are like eight thousand, you know? <laughs> yes. But it's a cool so, little presage. I think it's 38 millimeters. It's got numerals at Arabic numerals at 12, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. And then it's got sticks at pretty much all the other ones except three where yeah. the date is. Pretty minimal text, just Seiko Presage, and I think automatic on there. Comes in a super great nice. size, super wearable. This thing's a strap monster. You can put on any kind of leather. It looks phenomenal. Probably a sailcloth would look great. I don't know about rubber, but more or less anything else. Even a NATO would probably look really good on this. And it's just very clean. A lot of steel, a lot of different finishes on it, a lot of polish. So definitely one. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Yeah. So so it's so what I'm understanding here from this is a little article I'm reading on it. Because I've seen these watches before, but I don't know much about the design inspiration. Apparently they're both designed after Japanese teas. So you have ah, matcha matcha sense. green tea. And the other one is um is it ho- hochicha or hojika hojika, uh, which is basically another type of tea. Either ocha or kocha. That's black tea and white tea. Okay, it's H O J I C H A. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about, but it's probably a rendition of one of those. Okay, yeah. So it says a distinctive is distinctive from Japanese green teas because it's roasted in a porcelain pot over charcoal. So it's basically a green oh, okay. tea that burns a oh, little okay. bit more. It's just charred. Kind of like a so coffee what, bean. Coffee beans are yeah. green, and then you make them brown. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where that uh, that that brownish. Um, I like that one a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Is, to you. is, is, is yeah. 
And you and you're right. Uh, limited edition is seven thousand. Oh, pieces. almost nailed it on the head. <laughs> Worldwide as of December 2020. So I think we're fine getting these <laughs> seven thousand pieces each. There you go. But the brown one is really interesting because it starts it off as almost like a gold, yeah, like a bronze dial, and then it darkens out to the outside where it becomes a dark. This is a solid almost like a patinaed brass. Yeah, and then it's got gold tech. indices, gold hands, very shiny, and the yeah. The, for, I mean, for yeah. people that are looking for a little bit of a two tone look, but you know, not a full watch as two tone, like just on the markers and hands, which I think is is honestly, in my opinion, one of the best ways to do a two tone look, because you can get away wearing different color wedding bands or bracelets or jewelry or whatever, but you don't have to commit to the full gold look, especially at a price point like this, which you know is going to be nothing but plating or pvd or something like that this is going to hold up way way better um and it's going to look nicer for longer so i think it's a solid pick okay because i know we're running a little long um on this one i have one last watch but it's certainly one that i want to make sure that we end up on because it is such a cool piece uh this particular model is part of the is is a, is a tso is my last pick it's part of the tso family uh but specifically it's one watch in their entire collection. Um, and this one here is a, is a core product for Tissot. But it is the Tissot Seastar 1000 Powermatic 80 Silicium. That's actually the official name. Okay. The reference number is way too long for me to read on a podcast. So you guys can just go find this. But this is a dark navy dial with a dark blue ceramic bezel 300 meters of water resistance for a diver it has a powermatic 80 80 hour power reserve with a silicon hairspring for 795 dollars us hard to beat uh, hard to beat for anything that is a lot of spec in a watch that's very very inexpensive relatively speaking I mean, under $1,000, you could probably find it a little bit less if you bought it on like on Joma Shop or something like that if you do any great market stuff for lower-tiered prices or lower-tiered watches. But this specific reference is the only one that has both the Powermatic 80 and the Silicium hairspring. But you're getting a silicon hairspring, which means it's anti-magnetic to some degree. You're getting an 80-hour power reserve, ceramic bezel. I mean, this is an awesome, awesome dive watch package for not a lot of money. And it's a Tiso. So you're also getting brand heritage. You're getting pedigree there. Um, you know, you're getting the power of the Swatch Group. Take that for what you will, good, bad, and indifferent. But, you know, you have serviceability, you have long-term reliability, you know, warranties, things like that. They're international. Um, this is a really cool piece. It comes on a blue fabric uh, strap. But uh, through Tiso's website, they sell rubber strap versions. They sell mesh bracelet versions. You can get really whatever you want to add on to this. Um, you know, it's a really impressive, impressive looking watch for nothing. So I don't know. This is one of my favorite watches. I've recommended this countless to people because of its specs, but I think it's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, ton of watch for the money. Nice diver look to it. Not really much to complain about. Uh, I know even before the show we were talking about, and this I 
this came up because of the Powermatic 80s. I'm not sure if probably if you're listening, you might have seen it. A Black to Watch covered it recently. There's a Certina diver that I really like. That if you are looking for no time to die and you are not looking to pay no time to die, <laughs> like this watch, it's I mean it's 43 millimeters, but it's it's got it's a Certina, so it's got you know uh, Swatch heritage there. It literally has like an Omega bezel on it, and it's got the coloring, and it looks really good. It's got a Powermatic 80 movement, and it's a 300 meter diver, and it comes in under a grand, and it's like the same idea. And I'm like, damn, dude, like how do you beat that? Right. I mean, that's the new Pelagos is not 300 right? meters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. The new Pelagos is not. 300 I thought I was going to make it through an entire episode without mentioning that watch. Oh, but, oh well. no. <laughs> you know, it's going to come back. You know, it's going to. And the other thing, too, that you forgot to mention on this is titanium. That's right. That's right. That was a big seller for me because I was like, oh, it's 40 mils might be awkward. But oh, it's titanium. It'll probably be lightweight. Yeah, and again, if you're talking about like no time to die vibes, like that's yeah. I mean, you're also getting so. the material right, so that's very that's very so. cool. Yeah, this is their action diver, 970 Swiss francs, so right around a thousand dollars or so U.S. Um, but a cool watch. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we've thrown a lot of bang for buck into this episode. I mean, some of the stuff I think is. A little mainstream, but I think for a lot of people, they'll be uh, pleasantly surprised to find this stuff. I mean, this is kind of part of how I like to discover things. I mean, I've found watches from listening to podcasts or just reading people's articles, and I'm like, damn, who the hell knew this existed? But exactly, you know, I think I think we're all better for it. I think it's part of the more is merrier thing. I think it's part of, you know, there's watches for everybody out there. It doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be popular ones. Yeah, for sure, absolutely, and you know. Hopefully this sheds a little bit more light on stuff that, you know, and encourages you to go out there and do some more research yourself. You know, that's also something that, that we want uh, for you guys to get into and, and go find stuff. Let us know when you find stuff and uh, send it to us, tag us in it, you know, whatever you guys want to do to help keep this conversation going. Because too many times we, we listen and we default to the same thing. So hopefully this is a little bit more of an extra taste of something different. Yeah, I thought it was going to be nice to have a, an episode where we weren't talking about all the usual stuff, you know, Rolex, Speedmasters, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I think it gets tiresome after a while. And I, I know yeah. that's what that those are the hits. And this is a hobby of, you know, that likes to play the hits and they like to talk about that stuff. But, you know, like I said, this is a part of part of the pool that I enjoy. And I think once in a while, it's a nice change up, nice change of pace. Talk some affordables, talk some fun watches. Remember why you got into it and how much you liked it when you were just a guppy. Yeah. Right. Many, many moons ago. Yeah. 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 So I think I think there's a little nostalgia in that for everybody. But uh yeah, I think that's all I got, Schmidt. What about you, Ed? That's it, buddy. I'm good to go. All right. In that case, we'll see this one out. Ladies and gents, thanks for joining us on this episode of Rich Cheese Radio. And uh yeah, this one should get us across fifty thousand. So uh congrats, buddy. Thanks, man. All congrats right. You too. Be good, everybody. <laughs>